Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31, of course this is a pretty common passage on a day like this, a special Mother's Day. We want to consider a few things here this morning. From Proverbs 31, I'm going to read verses 10 through 31. It says, Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from far. She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her maidens, to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. Her layeth, she layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and liveth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and her let her own works praise her in the gates. The title of this message this morning, The Character of a Godly Mother. Character of a Godly Mother. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to open your precious word. And Father, as we look into the word of God, may we be encouraged and helped, especially mothers today. Father, as even consider particularly mothers, these characteristics that should be evident in each of our lives. So, Lord, just help us, strengthen us, challenge us, we pray. For our good and thy glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mother, you are the highest privilege given to a married woman. Now, that statement may seem a stretch to some of you this morning. The Bible says here in verse 25, she shall rejoice in time to come. It is her most important role where she can make the greatest contribution to society by training godly children just as Jochebed trained Moses and a Hannah trained a Samuel. I realize there may be some today that are saddened by the fact that they did not have a godly mother or a virtuous mother. But you need to determine that you're going to set, set example for your, set, for your home. If you, if you do or ever become, ever, or are married, or become married, 
You know, you can honor the Lord with your life and make a difference in the lives of those that follow you and establish a good heritage for your children. You, of course, if you that are unmarried, you men need to seek a virtuous woman. For her price is far above ruins. And young ladies, determined you will strive by the grace of God to be a virtuous woman. Well, this morning, I want to consider the character of a godly mother. And I have three simple things with some subpoints. First of all, her hands work, her mouth speaks, and her heart loves. Very basic, but very important. Her hands work. First of all, her hands work. Notice verse 13, she sa- it says, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. The word worketh here means to make or to produce by labor. Now, this is, a, this is an indus- speaking of an industrious woman. She's working. She's producing. She's providing. She's fruitful. The word, and the word willingly, he says, she says she worketh willingly. The word willingly means desires to or takes pleasure in. This isn't something like, oh, I have to do this. You know, whatever we should do, we should do it with all of our heart, with all our might. We ought not begrudge what God gives us to do. You know, so there's a, there's, she takes pleasure in it. The, the, the word is used, for example, in Proverbs 8.11, Wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. You know, many women nowadays have resent, some resentment toward their homes and children because they are, they, they are, uh, they are no longer free to fill their aspirations of a career or accomplish something esteemed or valued by the world. To be a mother is just considered less valuable somehow by the world. Sort of like a little boy, a boy, he got his first job. He was boasting about the amount of work he did. He said, I get up at 5 a.m. and have my breakfast. Then he was asked, does anyone else get up? He replied, oh, yes, mother gets up and fixes my breakfast and then fixes dad's breakfast. And what about dinner? The boy said, oh, mother fixes that too. Does your mother have the afternoon to herself? The boy replied, no, mama cleans the house and looks after the other children, then gets supper for me and dad when we get home. Does your mother work? No, she don't work. Just me and dad work. You know, that's kind of how the world looks at a, if you're a mother and you look, you're a keeper at home. But in Proverbs 31, we see that mothers do all kinds of work. Somebody said, what is a mother? A trainer, a teacher, a nurse, a comforter, an encourager, a cook, a baker, the cleaning lady, sometimes the barber, an example, and someone who's always available. That's mother. And we see here in this passage, you know, here's, and of course, you know, this, this is, understand this, this isn't, this is ancient times, this is Bible times, so there are certain circumstantial differences, of course, we need to understand. But 
She sows, you know, this woman sows, verse 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Uh, Verse 19. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. Verse 22. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Now, you know, most women don't do those kind of things today because those are ancient instruments just that they're talking about here but but back in those days you couldn't go to the store and buy a skirt you couldn't go to the store and buy your 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 son's or your husband's pants you know you had to make them and she willingly did but you know t- today this would be to she makes sure that her household has all these things she sees to it you know, she brings, verse 14 says, she brings her food. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. You might sum those th- two things up and say, she is a thrifty shopper. Verse 15, of course, she, she cooks and provides for a house. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion for her maidens. Aren't you thankful, ladies, that you don't have to get up and stoke the fire and get it started, get the water boiling in the morning and then, and then put the, the oatmeal or the, or the grits in and, 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 you know, and let it bake over that open fire. Now you can just pop it in the microwave. But she sees to it that her family is provided for, taken care of. She plants a vineyard, verse 16. Again, this was part of, part of that agricultural society that, you know, she planted, you might say she planted a garden. She provides uh, ways to provide food for her family. And, and it, in verse 15 says, she gets up while it's dark. Notice verse 15 again. She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion her maidens. And verse 18 says, She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She, she takes it upon herself to make sure that everyone is taken care of in her household and provided for, fed and clothed. Of course, the husband earns that money to provide the means for her to do that. But she takes that responsibility to see that everything is taken care of before she can relax and rest. You know, mothers, it's mothers that get up at nights to nurse babies or to stay up with a sick child. You know, the old saying is, man works from sun to sun, but a woman's work is never done. And again, I understand this is an agricultural society, you know, a more primitive society, so everything is not the same. But the principle here is this. This is an industrious woman. She looks to the ways to take, make sure that her household is taken care of. They have the things they need. Verse 27 says, She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. So this is, this is an industrious woman. Her hands work. She is not lazy. So her hands work willingly. Notice the second thing here. Her mouth speaks. In verse 26 it says, She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. 
Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs 6.20, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. You know, Micah, the prophet, in prophesying to apostate Israel in Micah 7.6, one of the things he said was, For the son dishonoreth the father, the daughter riseth up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies are the men of his own house. You know, it's a sad day when children no longer give heed to the instruction and the law of their mother. When John Wesley was a student at Oxford University, he was shocked by the amount of drinking done by the students. I can imagine what he'd be... How I'd be shocked today at college campuses how much drinking he's done. But anyway, he wrote to his mother about it for her counsel, and he received the following words. My dear son, remember that anything which increases the authority of the body over the mind is an evil thing. Unquote. That's wisdom. The law of his mother. A London editor submitted to Winston Churchill for his approval a list of all those who had been Churchill's teacher. Churchill returned the list with this comment, quote, You have admitted to mention the greatest of my teachers, my mother. Unquote. G. Campbell Morgan, he was a famous preacher of a few generations back in England, had four sons, and they all became ministers, preachers of the gospel. At a family reunion, a friend asked one of the sons, which Morgan is the greatest preacher? While that son looked at his father, his father replied, mother. Mother. You know, many mothers have done a lot of preaching to their children, whether they considered it preaching or not. Jochebed did a lot of preaching to Moses. Hannah did a lot of preaching to Samuel. And those two young men never got away from the instruction of their mother. You know, go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. I want to look at a couple passages of scripture here. As we think about this thought of a mother teaching her children and the impact that it can have. 1 Timothy 5 verse 10 says, Well reported of for good works. If she have brought up children, if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have watched the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work, but the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, have a damnation because they have cast off their first faith. With all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will therefore that young women marry, bear children, guide the house. Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. After Satan. It was as if they had brought up children or trained children. That's teaching. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. It says, The age of women likewise, that to be in behavior is become with holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, 
They may teach young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And And I would like to ask you the question this morning, who taught Timothy to have faith in God? Well, Paul, when writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 5, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. You see, mother's words are very valuable. She speaks, she speaks, her mouth speaks of wisdom and the law of kindness. In, Saul, in, 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 uh, in our text, in Proverbs chapter 31, in verses 1 through 5, you know, Solomon had received from valuable instruction from his mother. Proverbs 31 verse 1 says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What? My son, what the son of my womb, what the son of my vows, give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Your Solomon's mother gave him some very wise instruction. Don't give your strength to women. Don't be obsessed with women. This was instruction that Solomon failed to heed. As so many do. And it brought the compromising of his faith. It was because of the women that he married that he built the high places in, 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 in Jerusalem, around Jerusalem and Judea. And for what? For his foreign wives whom he had married, who worshipped false God and turned his heart away from God. You better heed the law of your mother. I want you to notice a third thing this morning. Not only does her hands work, her mouth speaks, but her heart Loves. And I'm going to notice three things here that a virtuous woman loves. First of all, we see her love for the Lord. Verse 29 and 30 says, Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Psalm 19.9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. To fear means to give reverence to. You know, there is respect, honor, a love for the Lord that drives her actions, her words, her emotions. Her desire is for her house, her children, to serve the Lord to the fullest extent possible. And she prays and works, seeking to instill in her children a heart for God and His work 
just as Hannah prayed and promised to give her child, Samuel, to the Lord all his life. You know, her motto might be Matthew 27, 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You know, she directs her household to seek God's will for life, even if it may mean moving away or going to a foreign field. The second thing we see here is a love for her husband. Notice verses 10 through 12. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband thus safely trusts in her so that he shall have no need of a spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. You know, here is a husband who has confidence of his wife's love, her care, her faithfulness, her affection. He trusts her to, her to care, to keep his family. You know, she's a, she's a keeper at home. The word keeper at home means uh, the strongest definition is a guard or a stayer at home, domestically inclined. Thayer's lexicon describes it as caring for the house or working at home. She is a household manager, if you will. And somebody has said, one commentator said this, her commitment to her husband's well-being is true, not false, constant, not temperamental, reliable, not fickle, unquote. David Thomas said this, quote, her management is so skillful, industrious, and economic that her husband has no temptation to go out of his way to do aught that is dishonest in order to increase his resources. Many a husband has been prompted to deeds of dishonesty through indolence and extravagance of the partner of his life. If a husband has full or complete confidence in his wife, then you know that she is a woman who loves her man. Unquote. And you notice again what it says there. She, heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. He has complete confidence in her that he will manage her, his his things, his finances, his provisions that he has provided, she'll manage it in such a way that to, to be careful and frugal so that he don't have to use criminal means or unjust means to get more gain to provide. That's the idea here. Charles Bridges, in his commentary on the book of Proverbs, page 621, he said this, instead, quote, instead of abusing confidence, she only seeks to make herself daily more worthy of it, not fretful and uncertain, caring how she may please her husband, doing him good and not evil all the days of her life. With that it were always so. Would that it were always so. I'm sorry. Would look at Eve, the helpmeet becoming a tempter, Solomon's wives drawing away his heart, Jezebel stirring up her husband to abominable wickedness, Job's wife calling upon her husband to curse God and die, the painful cross of the brawling woman. This is a fearful contrast, evil, not good. Often again is a mixture of evil with good, Rebecca caring for her husband in an act of opposition to God, yet wickedly deceiving him. 
Rachel loving Jacob, yet bringing idolatry into his family, Michael going good to David at first in preserving his life, evil afterwards in despising him as a servant of God. Often we hear of prudent management, but not in the fear of God, connecting with a te- teasing temper. But in this picture, it is good and not evil. Her husband's comfort is her interest and her rest. To live for him is her highest happiness. Even in her minute, attentions to this object are not always noticed. She, yet never will she harbor the suspicion of indifference or unkindness, nor will she return fancied neglect with sullenness, or by affected or morbid sensibility force on a feverish interchange of expression which has little substantial foundation. Uh, this course of distinct, disinterested regard and devoted affection when conducted on Christian principles commends most graciously the holy and honorable estate of matrimony. Unquote. And it is a beautiful picture of Christ and his church. See, here is a heart, a virtuous woman who loves her husband. This is a picture of a wife who embraces her position of submission to her husband, following his leadership, and embraces her place as a keeper in at home. There is nothing in the world she desires more than her place with her husband and her children. Your Song of Solomon 8, 6 and 7 says this, Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is the strongest death. Jealousy is cruel as grave, the coals thereof are of coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. Water, many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be condemned. Yo, men will go to great lengths for a woman's love. Many men have compromised for a woman. Samson, Solomon, the strongest and the wisest. Ladies, have conviction. Don't use your feminine charm to tempt men to compromise or sin. Young, men, young ladies need to seek a man with conviction and be the kind of woman that encourages and appreciates that firm faithfulness to the word of God. You know, it's better to be poor and right than rich and not right. Proverbs 16.8 says, Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Thirdly, she loves her children. Notice verse 15, verse 21, and then 27, 28. Verse 15. She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Verse 21. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Verse 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. She, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. You know, one of the things it says here several times is, she looketh well. That means to observe accurately. To observe accurately. She's got the eyes of an eagle, you might say. And consents needs in her home that others are unaware of. 
The word here means watching or beholding. 1 Samuel 4.13, it's used like this. When he came to Lo-Eli, sat upon a seat by the wayside watching. He was watching the battle. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You know, there's nothing that God's eye doesn't see. And so this, this virtuous woman looks well or observes accurately her household. Excuse me. We read in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, that the aged women are to teach young women to love their husbands, and the term there is affectionate, and then to love their children, speaks of a maternal love. Their words are similar, but they're a little bit different. And so she's to have this, she has this love for her children. Uh, I was reading one uh, tribute to about a mother this morning, and, and, and this one mother is telling her daughter that, that when you become a mother, you'll, you'll, become, you'll become primitive like a bear guarding her cubs. That love is strong. You see, here this the woman is. She's looking to the ways of her household. There's a story in God's little devotional book for moms, and it goes like this, quote, A partially deaf boy came home from school one day carrying a note from officials at school. The note suggested that the parents take the boy out of school, claiming he was, quote, too stupid to learn, unquote. The boy's mother read the note and said, quote, My son Tom is not too stupid to learn, I'll teach him myself, unquote. And so she did. When Tom died many years later, the people of the United States paid tribute to him by turning off the nation's lights for one full minute. You see, this Tom had invented the light bulb. And not only that, but motion pictures and the record player. In all, Thomas Edison had more than 1,000 patents to his credit. Unquote. Thomas Edison once said, quote, I did not have my mother long, but she cast over me an influence which has lasted all my life. The good effects of her early training, I can never lose. If it had not been for her appreciation, her faith in me at a critical time in my experience, I should never likely have become an inventor. I was always a careless boy, and with a mother of different mental caliber, I should have turned out badly. But her firmness, her sweetness, her goodness were potent powers to keep me in the right path. My mother was the making of me. The memory of her will always be a blessing. To me, unquote. See, a mother, a virtuous mother, loves her children. She looks well to the ways. You know, ladies, the world has an agenda for you. It's called feminism. Be equal with men. Don't be a doormat. Reject the patriarchal system 
where the man is the leader in the home. It's ancient, it's outdated, it's oppressive. But you know, with the rise of feminism, there's also a rise of disrespect and disdain for women by men. See, feminism has brought about the loss of respect for women. It is even brought about, and you might say, that's a little extreme, but this is where the... Just think about it. This is where it logically leads to. Now the transgender, how do I say it? Guys becoming girls are defeating all the girls in all competitions. You want to be equal? That's where it leads. We're not equal. God didn't. God, we're equal in some things, but God, God didn't create us the same. We have different roles. Embrace the place that God made you in. Your submission is under authority, but it's also a place of protection, of provision, and of blessing. Proverbs 31 here says, in verse 28, Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many daughters have done virtue, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. You're embracing the place that God has given you as a mother, or maybe someday being a mother will bring honor and a reward that cannot be bought. So never despise or think lightly of the position God has given you, whatever that may be. Now, even as a young person, but, but particularly mothers, never despise it. It has potential to impact the world as Edison or with a Charles Spurgeon or with another Obadiah Holmes or an Adonai Judson or an Ann Judson. Yeah, we, we still need, need men like Stephen and Philip and Aquila and Priscilla. Yeah, they weren't he wasn't a preacher. But it seemed like everywhere Quill and Priscilla went, they started a church in their house. Where are they going to come from? From homes with mothers that are virtuous. That are not afraid to work with their hands. To speak the law of kindness and wisdom and to love the Lord, their husbands and their children, in a way that pleases and honors the Lord. Mothers, 
you are, valu you are valuable. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. You play a very important role in our society. Embrace it. Let God use you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to study your word and declare its truth. And Lord, I pray that you'd help mothers today. And maybe are discouraged burdened and troubled. I pray that you encourage their hearts and strengthen them. Give them wisdom, wisdom and a love for the Lord and their families that only you can give. Just give them strength in these days in which we're living just to be faithful and we thank you for them. Help us to realize that you do care about our every need, and we need to cast our care upon you. Father, for all of us today, I pray that you'd help us to realize we have a responsibility before the Lord to work, to speak the truth, and to love the Lord with all of our hearts, to be faithful. Just help us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.